Hey, it's Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach, and thank you for coming back for another episode of Macro Social Work Your Way. Be sure to connect with me on social media. I'm on Instagram at the underscore MSW coach, Facebook at the MSW coach, and on LinkedIn as Marthea Pitts, the MSW coach. This is going to be a great episode. Hey, it's Marthea, the MSW Coach. I hope your day is going well. Uh, to those who are new to my platforms, I want to take a few moments to formally introduce myself. I am Marthea Pitts. I am a macro social worker and three-time award-winning workforce development career counselor. I am in the this work to help more social workers make the transition in their social work careers to macro career positions. Um, I offer a six-week intensive group career coaching program called Micro to Macro, where I teach social workers how to find, apply, and interview for macro social work jobs in three months or less using their case management experience. And that can be non-clinical experience and clinical experience. So I welcome you to um, my podcast and I thank you for joining in. If you I if you're interested I, I strongly encourage you to attend my next live workshop. If you would click the link in the description of the podcast episode, it'll take you to my website where I will give you all of the information to attend. But it's a live workshop that I offer called How to Land a Macro Social Work Job Using Your MSW Degree and Case Management Experience. It's two hours of me taking you through the actual framework that I've used, that I created and used to make the transition in my own social work career from being a case manager with 120 plus caseload to a macro social worker who has held multiple macro roles from researcher to policy consultant to now national advocate, workforce development advocate, um, where I work with uh, mayors around the country on how to design equitable career pathway opportunities for youth and young adults. Um, it's also the same framework that I have used to teach over a hundred social workers how to make the transition from case management to macro social work roles. Um, graduates of my micro to macro program have landed in positions where they have three times and four times their salary, but over and beyond that, they are now in positions where they truly can affect change for the populations that they serve as well as thrive in their social work careers and not have to leave seeking other opportunities and other professions. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's get into the conversation for today. So cohort seven of micro to macro, um, it will begin in one week. And so what I do with, all, and let me just say, take a moment to like give a kudos to cohort seven, because this will be the largest cohort um, in the history of micro to macro. And at this point, micro to macro has been in existence for a little over a year. 
Um, again, like I said, this is cohort seven, and this will be the largest cohort. So I'm super, super excited about the uh, new career wins that this outstanding group of social work professionals will have in their new macro social work uh, positions. And I'm excited to see what 2023 will bring forth for them, um, being that they have chosen to invest in their career development. Because I often say that career development is one of the most like, hmm, it's the one area in many people's lives that we we really don't pay a lot of attention to. Like we do a lot of personal development, we do physical health, you know, all of the other things, but career development is just as important, you know. And of course, I'm a little biased because workforce development, career development is is my love, it's my passion. So what I always ask the cohorts to do is to provide me with a copy of their current social work resumes and cover letters, just so I am able to adequately, like adequately, excuse me, prepare for our time together. And what that looks like is me reading through their experience on paper to see, okay, what their strengths are, what have they done in the past, what, um, where, you know, what angles I may need to come from in order to provide them with substantial examples of like regarding their specific experience and population. So <laughs> one thing now with this being cohort seven, one thing that remains the same is that whenever I look at a social worker's resume who is coming from a very heavy case management background is that I'm never surprised at the wonderful experience they have and the expertise that they hold and the running theme in many all I, I can go as far as saying ah is that many social workers downplay the wonderful experience that they have, right? And a lot of that comes from the fact that we are not taught in our MSW programs how to effectively market ourselves once in 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 the workforce, right? It's, Unfortunately, our programs are not designed like other, for example, STEM careers where students in those in those majors, they are given career coaching, career development, career counseling from the moment they start the program. They are um, taught about endlessly about, you know, job opportunities about the importance of internships and being strategic in your choosing of them and and exposing them to internship and experiential learning opportunities and even job placement and career fairs, right? Because I've only found one in my years of researching macro social work topics. Um, I've only found one college that offers a um, social work macro, what they call macro um, focused career fair for students. And, and honestly speaking, by looking through the jobs in the organizations that they had, they 
technically weren't even macro, right? It was more social work administration where it was opportunities to be in leadership roles in your atypical nonprofit and social service organization, right? And so, um, so yeah, that's why I encourage you to attend my, attend my live workshop because I talk about the difference between social work administration and macro social work. I also talk about why it's so hard for social workers to identify macro social work roles and why the general public is not aware of the other side of our profession. So I encourage you to click the link and, and attend that. It's It's always good. So what I realized is that social workers really downplay their experiences, right? Um, and what I've what I know to be true, um, again, as a workforce development career counselor who has worked with hundreds, hundreds among hundreds of career seekers before even beginning the MSW coach, is that a lot of that comes from career mindset, right? And thinking that what you do is a dime a dozen, when in reality it isn't, right? Because if we were all able to be replicated by organizations, then they wouldn't hire a specific type of person for a position. So let me explain it this way. Because we do a thing every day and we do it so like without thinking, like it becomes second nature. Because if you do something long enough, you're going to become an expert at it. At it. So what I find with social workers and with people, period, in the job market is that because you do a thing so much and you may have been, been doing it for years and because it feels so easy to you, like you can just go through the motions and not even think about what the next step should be. You think you start to think in your mind that everyone knows how to do it this way, right? And everyone does this thing with ease. And it does not make me special because I can do it, you know, so effortlessly and with, with so much precision, right? You really begin to undermine that. I included. Um I've worked with my leadership coach on the bay, with even with my career coaching. Like for years, I thought like everybody knows this. No, everybody doesn't know it, right? Because we all have our different, what I like to call ministries. We all have our own things that we specialize in, right? I have a financial coach who has tons of years of experience in the banking industry, right? So she coaches me on financial literacy and budgeting and all of the things because that is her expertise, right? And I can honestly say that that is one one of the things I think that is birthed out of just the sheer scope of our work in social service organizations is that we have to be the jack of all trades, right? We have to know all of the things and do all of the things. And so because that's like a not a true reflection of what you will find in macro social work settings, which typically hire you to be a subject matter expert on X, right? And you do everything related to your expertise. So 
so because it's the, there's such a glaring difference between the or the scope of work in those two organization settings when social workers get ready to make that transition to macro social work roles it's it's hard for them to identify their what they call what I call this their zone of genius, right? Because they've done all of the things, they've been everything. They worked in frontline positions, they worked in leadership, they worked with a multitude of different populations, they have um, you know, and and kept a caseload and helped fundraise and and um, marketed the services and went out in the field and done community education, right? So I wanted to come in and give a give give one tip. <laughs> one tip. I want you to pull out your social work resume. If you struggle with knowing how to like really maximize what it is that you do great and that you can say you do better than anyone else in the world, like without hesitation, because we all have at least one thing, right? And so like, I know my thing is, I'm good at helping people get jobs. I can say that matter of factly, right? Because my data, formally and informally, has proved that over and over and over and over again. And even if I didn't believe it, even if I wasn't paying attention to my data, because I know a lot of people don't necessarily do that as the macro social worker in me, I have awards that prove that, right? I've won three national and statewide awards for the career coaching counseling that I've done with career seekers in my city, right? My name is synonymous with workforce development. So even if you can't identify your zone of genius, look to the people around you. What do they come to you for? What is the recurring theme? What is that one thing they always ask you about? Or they always say, oh my gosh, you are so good at that. How do you do that? Or they're always giving you kudos for that thing that you do, right? And look on your resume to see if you've done that thing in all of your positions. Because nine times out of 10, you have on some scale, right? It may have started out just a little bit here in your first job and then a little bit there in the next job. And then before you know it, you're the job that you're in currently, you're doing that maybe like 50% of the time. That is the thing that you need to begin to market yourself on, to market your career on, to market yourself as the expert in. Why? Because it's the thing you're good at, one. And then two, you have actual proven like documentation to say, I've done this in three positions, just for an example, off the dome. I've done this in three positions, right? Over the past five years, I have done X. And, and this is how it has contributed to the mission and vision of the organizations that I've worked with. 
So I'm going to give you some examples. So you first need to identify your zone of genius. I give you two strategies on how to identify that. Maybe look at your resume, see what the running theme is. What is the thing that you know that you're really good at? What is your zone of genius? If it's hard for you to identify, reflect, spend 10 minutes today reflecting on what is the thing that people always say you're really, really good at, right? And third, look at your resume to see if that is a running theme in your work history. And most likely it is. You may have to think a little bit harder to find it in like jobs you maybe had like three, four years ago, but I'm sure it's there, right? So one, you have the zone of genius Two, you have the proof to show that you have years of experience to support that thing, right? The third thing I want you to do is I want you to connect that. And this is how you will begin to market, right? Because you can't just have it on your resume. You just can't verbally say, I'm good at this, right? You have to learn how to market your macro level experience in a way that brings value to organizations. So how you can do that is, I'm going to give you a few examples. How did your zone of genius, how does that thing that you do really, really well, how did it improve the outcomes for the organizations that you work with, right? So maybe when you started at the organization, and I'm just making up an example, Maybe when you started at the organization, there were only 30 participants in the program and the organization had to meet a grant funder's goal and have 200 people in the program. So you entered, you started working at the program, there were only 30, but by the time you left, there were 300. That's a value add, right? That will be a... <gasps> wow, she's really good at engagement and getting and finding the people and bringing them in for the services, right? Because a lot of macro organizations struggle with helping other area organizations or working through the challenges of where are the people and how can we tell them we have this thing to fix the situation. So that can be your zone of genius. I'm really good at engaging and finding the people and finding organizations, right? And these are just examples. Another example would be, did you save your organization money with the zone of genius that you have? So for example, in my um, direct practice days, it was not uncommon for grant funds to be inaccessible. Basically, what that meant was there was no money coming this month from the federal agency that the organization I worked with was getting money from, right? Be it, it was in the middle of a, we hadn't fully met the grant deliverable or, you know, just with grants, period. no like press a button and the money is released today. It's a process. So typically what that will require me to do is go out into the community and find donors, be it for in-kind donations, for physical items. One year I was putting on a 
whole um, award ceremony for my participants and I had to go to the local chocolatier and ask them, would you donate some gourmet treats for my participants? You know, because you want to give them a wonderful experience and in exchange, we'll put your name as a donor to this yearly event where the CEO attends and all of the things, right? So that is a value add to my organization, right? Because I knew there was no money available. <laughs> and, and instead of me risking um, lessening the experience for my participants, I took it upon myself to go out into the community and find these donations, right? And honestly speaking, I was told that that was one of the best award ceremonies that they've ever had in the history of that program that I led, right? So that is a value. That is a value to the organization. We're shifting from just the value of the people, right? We knew, I, I know that made my clients, my participants happy. But when we're focusing on the shift to macro work, we need to talk about the value to organizations. The value that brought to my organization was that I was being physically, fiscally responsible, right? I didn't say, okay, well, there's no money available, but I'm still going to make this purchase. It was like, oh, okay, there's no money. Okay, I'm going to get resourceful and go out and find a way to still get the thing, which still then contributes to my my organization meeting the grant funder deliverables because that was one to have a yearly award ceremony right so that's an example um another one that i want to give and this will be my last one is well i want to give two more so i hope you got your pen and your paper and you're writing this down right the other one is maybe you got promoted in your position like you came in in a very entry level position, even if maybe it wasn't. And then within a short period of time, you got promoted to another position, right? Because your team, your organization saw just how awesome you were and how great you were at that thing, right? These are things you need to highlight on your resume. You need to highlight that you were promoted. I was promoted within three months. I was promoted within six months, right? Because those are wow factors that add value to organizations. Because if you tell me you were promoted within three months, that to me as a hiring like manager is like, oh, they're really good. Wow. Because if an organization promotes you, that's because they didn't want to lose you and they knew that you were being underutilized in your current position, right? That's usually why people, organizations promote you within on a fast track because they don't want anyone else to snatch you up. So highlight that on your resume, right? Highlight going back over the two that I talked about. Did you improve outcomes for your organization? Highlight that on your macro resume. Instead of, I managed a caseload of 120 people. Highlight, did you save your organization money? How much money, right? Did you save your organization $100,000? 
right? I worked as my first macro job. I worked as the director of an education and career learning pathway for an online high school that is global. And instead of me as the director deciding to hire course designers who I knew did not know the real needs of pregnant and parenting youth, which the pathway was designed for, I took on the charge to design the courses with one of the instructional designers that we had on staff. Doing that alone saved my organization $300,000 to $500,000 in course design and development. I have that on my resume. That's value, right? And then also the third one that I gave you, did you get promoted? Did you get promoted in a, in a short period of time? Put that on your resume rather than, um, again, manage the caseload of 120. The last example that I wanted to give is a wonderful one. And this one was, again, it, kind of, it falls under the did you save your organization money umbrella. Monet is one of the most recent career wins, macro career wins out of the micro to macro career accelerator. Again, my six week group co career coaching program. And Monet came into cohort five, I believe it was cohort five and completely overwhelmed, you know, almost to the point, the brink of burnout, which she probably would say she she was and, and just a little like um teaser monet will be doing a podcast episode with me later this month so stay tuned for that because it's gonna be bomb right so monet monet came into the program and um looking at her resume it didn't reflect any of the experience and the value that she added to the organization. Monet was in a, in a leadership role um, after me talking with Monet one-on-one -on -one because we have um, resume writing intensive sessions where it's just me and the my coaching client one-on-one -on -one talking about their experience and me teaching them how to write their macro resume. I learned that Monet had done some outstanding things in her last position. She's now in a full macro social work role doing wonderful work, right? But her zone of genius was the fact, and her wow in her last position was that Monet had helped her organization fundraise millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. But in looking on her resume before entering the program, none of that was on there. Millions. Did, did you hear that with the M? Millions of dollars. Right. And so it wasn't, you know, that's that's the benefit of working with the career coach with me is that in our one on one resume writing intensive session, I asked very specific questions to learn, to un, like unearth those macro level experiences that you have in your social work career, which is hard for social workers to identify. That's why I teach you all how to do that. I learned that, Mac, that Monet had this macro experience that was just like, 
we need to put that on a billboard and I want you to just walk around with that every day, all day. I raise millions for my program. So we identified that zone of genius of Monet and we of Monet's and we blended it with her area of interest and her population that she loves most. And now Monet works with a philanthropy organization in her state where she co-leads the management of multi-million dollar initiatives around her area of interest for her specific population, right? And so what this looks like is she is now over the, um, the issuance of millions of dollars to youth development programs in her state. And it's all because of this macro level, micro level experience that she had in her direct practice role, right? But she didn't have any of that on her resume before working with me. So I wanted to really give you an, give you some tips, give you examples, and really stress the importance of you to stop downplaying your experience. Identify what your zone of genius is. Pull out your receipts by looking at your resume and connect that to how it brings value to organizations. The moment you do that and you make those changes to your resume, your job opportunities will multiply. So I'm going to end it there. Again, I welcome you, welcome you, welcome you to attend my next live workshop, How to Land a Macro Social Work Job Using Your MSW Degree in Case Management Experience. I would love to have you there. It's a front row seat for you to, um, for me to teach you the actual framework that I have used, that I've taught Monet and hundreds of other social workers who have effectively made the transition to macro social work roles. If you are interested in my six-week group career coaching program, let me know. Again, it's six weeks. It's where I teach you how to search, find, apply, and interview for macro social work jobs in three months or less. So. Happy macro career planning, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye.